Test one, two. 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 Test Welcome to What Does the Bible Say About That? Why don't we just go ahead and get started? Oh, here we go. in there. Okay, let's do it. I don't know. That might. I don't know. It might. We can cut it out later. This time we won't need an intro song. We'll just leave the intro song out. We got it. We were testing it. Oh, man. I kind of like it. Oh, man. Okay, so this is Will Reese, and now we have another person joining us. Second guest speaker, Nathaniel. Oh, man, you got a radio voice. Yeah. It is I. Welcome. Cool. No. Yeah, we're excited. Oh, we're, we are really, I mean, I, you thought I was excited last podcast. You don't even know yet. <laughs> Listeners? I'm a little scared. Okay, let's do this. Let's oh, do it. Man, okay, what are we talking about this time? Nathaniel, you want to introduce the topic? I hardly know the topic. The topic is, we're going to address what does the Bible say about the kingdom? No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. It's about God's purpose. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're still on God's purpose. What does the Bible say about God's purpose? And then the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, the kingdom. The kingdom. Yes, yeah, so we've been, if you, this is your first time listening, um, I apologize for the abrupt nature of our start, but um, we've kind of been doing a series, I guess. We've, we're four podcasts in, or this is the fourth and we've been hitting this topic of what does the Bible say about God's purpose from a few different angles. Because Will and my conviction is that... Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, I mean, our conviction is that God's purpose can be seen from many different angles. It's a multifaceted purpose. And we're hitting on... We want to. We have at least five in mind we want to talk about. Um, and these are God. This is God's eternal purpose. So, yeah. So being something that spans time, that was in His heart before creation, will be accomplished, and He'll be enjoying for eternity future. Um, and so we've been trying to hit these main topics and trace them throughout the Bible. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, today we're talking about the kingdom. The kingdom. Yeah. So yeah. So we've started in Genesis. From the start of all of these, basically. And so we've hit the divine romance, yep. which is God's heart's desire to be married. Then we hit building, which yep. was God's desire. We see that in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. The Bible reveals that in Isaiah, that he wants a house. The last one we did was sons. So he wants many, uh, sons. many sons, a, what, did, what was the word? Lineage. Uh, well, a, an expression. Yeah. It, well, it's like kind of like a, a family, really, yeah. is what it is. He a wants family. many sons. So, um, Nathaniel, have you listened to any of them yet? I haven't had the chance to yet. Oh, oh man, we need to, dude. I don't even that's know why. That's fine, whatever. I've been a little busy, but yeah. I'm glad you all let that's me. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, I was, in, I, was, I was really liking a verse today. Okay. In uh, Matthew 12, where Jesus talks about his family. Mm. And they're saying, your mother and your brothers are calling you. And his response is, the ones who do the will of my father are my mother and my brothers. Mm. Anyways, I just oh, wow. j- just to add on to the last one, even though we're not talking about that this time, but you yeah. know, a little fresh, a uh, little fresh uh, something there. Yeah. So yeah. okay, maybe we should jump in. We've kind of yeah had a good intro here. It's probably my <laughs> favorite intro, the longest one. <laughs> we're getting better at this whole podcast thing. So should we should we start in Genesis again, or do you want to do something else, like another verse? I think I I like the gen I like yeah. the route we go with Genesis. Let's start in Genesis because. Our main, I mean, the reason we like starting in Genesis like one and two is because it's like 
God's kind of, we talked about this in the first one, maybe we should repeat it, that, you know, these first two chapters of the Bible and the last two are often referred to as the bookends of the Bible. And everything in between is kind of a difficult picture to understand because Satan comes into the picture in chapter three, verse one with the serpent in the garden. And then he's cast into the lake of fire, hallelujah, in chapter 20, yes. Revelation. And so he's messing with the whole plan. It's like God. there's a lot of other things God has to do. He makes covenants. He starts trying to, he redeems people. He's purchasing. But it's all for this purpose that's originally conveyed in the beginning. And that is accomplished in the end in Revelation 21 and 22. So, um, yeah, maybe we start in Genesis again. Yeah. Trying to see this this picture sure. of the kingdom. So, Nathaniel. Yes. Since this is your first time on our podcast, what verse do you think we're going to go to here? The kingdom. I'm not sure. The first thing that comes to my mind is uh, maybe Genesis 1.26. That's bingo. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Let's go to Genesis 1.26. All right. Do you have it pulled up already? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, let's let's, let's look, look at it. Looking in Genesis yeah. as you all were talking. Should I read it? Yeah, yeah I want you to go ahead and read it. Read it in a good radio voice. <laughs> and God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heaven, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. All right. So, which, which word is the key for kingdom here? Mm-hmm. Good question. Well, the word that pops out to me uh, for kingdom is dominion. Dominion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a good word. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, in God's original intention here, um, he wants his people, mankind in general, right? This is before he makes his covenant with Israel. He wants mankind to be those who are ruling and reigning on earth. Mm. Um and so it's a kind of a hint, a key into something that's deep in God, which is he wants a people that are ruling on his behalf as his representatives. Um, and we're going to trace this through the Bible, this, this theme where he's trying to gain this kind of a people, this kind of a, a, a thing for his purpose, for something that's in his heart. Yeah. Um, I actually have the, the Hebrew word that's used here. Okay. For dominion. And I'm going to, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, you know, I, I'm just looking at a strong concordance here. But the word is pronounced rada. 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 And, and I think the, it says a primitive root is to tread down. And then it's got some examples. So an example is um, subjugate. And then specifically to like, to reign over, to prevail against, mm, yeah. to rule over. Wow. Yeah. And so this is in direct uh, relation to like a kingdom. Yeah. So God is like charging Adam, or cre- I mean, basically mankind, to reign over creation. Yeah. So that it lists the animals, wow. and then it lists all of the world. Yeah. So like the commission from the beginning was like, I want you to be kings, basically, like to yeah. reign over this earth. Yeah. Wow. And it's really to reign with God, right? Yeah, you're right, not yeah. separate. That's good. Yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he does want to reign over us. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not this, I'm the king, you're the subjects, and that's it. Yeah. It's like, I am the king, but you are my, you know, you're reigning with me. Right. And we'll get more into that as we go on. But yeah. that's the kind of ruling he wants us to have. Yeah, that reminds me of, when you mentioned, actually just realizing the, 
first chapter here, he talks about all the creeping things and all the animals and mm-hmm. reminds me of, you know, we think of in biology what kingdom is. Yeah. You, it's a way to classify uh, species. Yeah. So you got animal kingdom, plant kingdom. Well, like you said, in a way, we're in God's kingdom as a form of his species. Mm-hmm. Maybe you all talked about that last week with sons. Mm-hmm. It's like we're in the kingdom of God as his sons. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we yeah. share his life yes. in his kingdom. We Okay, you got to read a verse. Okay. This is John 3, I think it's 5, maybe it's 6. I think it's John 3, 5. That, that, that brings out this verse perfectly. That's brought out in this verse perfectly. Ah. Actually, maybe we should do verse 3. Verse 5 says it too, but I think verse 3 is... Well, no, verse 5 is better. Let's do verse 5. You know, I can read it. <laughs> it says, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Interesting. Hmm. And so you're right. I mean, the kingdom is actually, I mean, like the biology example is perfect. It's like you have to be a part of this, this species, yeah. uh-huh. this life relationship in order to enter in. Just like if I want to be part of the, you know, royal kingdom of, you know, England, like I have to have British blood, yeah. you know, I've got to have, I mean, today it's kind of weird with like, you know, the way immigration works and everything, but like, that's kind of the thought back then. It's like, I've got, I've got Hebrew blood, so I'm part of the kingdom of Israel. It's like, right. it's a blood matter. It's a life matter. Yeah. With God's kingdom, it's the same way. We're part of his kingdom via his life being in us and us being sons. Wow. So. Okay, okay. So if that's the case, how is Adam... So if it's like in this picture in John, yeah, that it, it has to do with God's life. Because in, in John chapter 3, the verse we didn't read, it just it's saying you need to be born again. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about being born and then also receiving the Spirit that puts us in the kingdom mm-hmm. and even allows us to see it. Yeah. But going back to Genesis, Adam, you know, doesn't he doesn't have that. That's right. Yeah. And so but but God still charges him to have dominion. Yeah. And so how do we connect it? Yeah, I think the so I guess you could say Genesis 1 is really where you kind of see the foreshadowing of God's purpose maybe with the exception of the divine romance. Um, I mean, you see it a little bit in Genesis 2, too, actually. So, But in Genesis 2, you kind of have this key of um, how does it actually come about? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how is Adam going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. How is he going to be able to properly represent God? Mm. And you see it with the picture of the tree of life, actually. Oh. God wants man to eat of the tree of life so that he can have God's life. He can be ruled by the life within. He can be part of this. And he can actually be one with God in his reigning. Because Adam, I mean, spoiler alert, he fails, right? <laughs> yeah. In, in yeah. doing the earth, right? Yeah. Um, because he doesn't have God's life. Right. He doesn't have, I mean, another spoiler alert for listeners, like we very much believe you cannot lose your salvation. And that's a fact, scripturally speaking. We can talk about that later. And so it's not like he has the spirit of God, you know, in him and he is living by the life of God and then he just without any sin and then he's able to be stumbled like he is he is neutral 
Adam is a neutral character. Yeah. He's able to be tempted by Satan and fall just as much as he's able to choose right. God as his life yeah. and as his, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Because, like, yeah, this takes us, I think, to, like, the depths of think of how far we want to go with uh, God's eternal purpose as the kingdom. Because, like we were talking about earlier, so God doesn't just want man to, to reign separate from him. Yeah. But he also doesn't want man to just necessarily follow orders. He actually wants to be inside man. Yeah. Ruling through man. Yeah. Well, right? And this is the picture that we get through the tree of life. Yeah. Because it's, um, it's not just like a, a length of life. The, the tree of life does not just give Adam a length of life, but it gives him a type, a yeah. type of life, right? Like we see this through uh, all kinds of things, like in, bio- in biology. <laughs> in biology, you have you know, this, these different levels of life. You have the plant life, the animal life, you know, the human life. And mm-hmm. it's, and typically we would characterize these things into kingdoms. Yeah. Yep. Right. The plant life has a kingdom and they, but, but the thing is, it's not like there's one plant that rules over the other plants. Yeah. You know, that for it to be a kingdom does not necessarily mean there's a quote unquote king, you know, but the fact that it's a, it's a, well, I mean, what's the word? It's like, there's a nature, there's a common element. Like. Yeah, there's a common element that makes it that way. Yeah. And it's the same way with the animals. Yeah. It's like they it's the animal kingdom because yeah. of their life. And then in mm-hmm. a sense you have you do have a human kingdom. Like humanity in a whole is like it's in a sense a kingdom. Like mm-hmm. no matter where you're at, the humans if they're occupying a territory, they're ruling yeah. that territory. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the same way with God. When we get God's life in us, then there's a certain type of rulership. There's mm-hmm. a certain kingdom that we're entering yeah yeah Yeah, there's a um i think we should quickly do like a brief like let's just trace this thought through the bible you know yeah in a brief way but then we can get into more like the meat of how he does it Mm -hmm. um because i mean this is a thought this this one may be building a little bit more but like to me kingdom is just all over the place in the bible like yeah i agree it is everywhere yep so we could go on forever, but I think just like a few. Yeah, let's do it. Where do you think? Where, where we go? I think the first place would be with Israel, right? I mean, yeah. Israel is, I mean, everything in the Old Testament is a type of picture. It's a shadow, right? Even with Adam, like his having dominion, you could say on the one hand, it's like, well, he doesn't have the life yet. And we can explain it that way. But really it's like, well, he's just a picture. Like he is to rule and reign mm-hmm. as the one bearing the image of God. But as believers with the spirit indwelling us, we're the reality of that. Christ being the forerunner in that. Wow. Um, so there's another uh, picture, and that's with the children of Israel as a whole, which is a type of the church, and we'll talk about that. Um, but I can think of at least one with Israel. Um, that's Exodus 19, I think 6. It says, and you shall, this is God speaking, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. So he's talking to Moses, and his desire is for them to be a kingdom, a kingdom of priests yeah, yeah. and a holy nation. Mm-hmm. And so God, when he calls out the people of Israel and he makes a covenant with them, his desire is that they would be a kingdom to represent him on the earth. To, as it, actually to all the other nations. It's like, you need to be the people who are under me as your king. Yeah. 
And actually, you know, children of Israel, spoiler alert with them, they (laughs) fail too to be that proper kingdom. They actually choose to select a king in the place of God, right? Yeah, wow. That's a huge failure of Israel is we want a king like the rest of the nations. Basically saying we don't accept God as our king. We Mm -hmm. want a human like ruler. And so the children of Israel are a perfect type of this in expressing God's desire to have a kingdom. But how is this relevant, I guess, for us? Like, where do you see this in the New Testament? Where, where is that desire expressed for Christians, you know? That we would have a king. Yeah, and that we'd be a kingdom. Well, there's a, I mean, well, Peter quotes that verse from Genesis. I mean, from Exodus, but I don't know if that's necessarily where we want to go. Oh, yeah, right. The, that first Peter 2. I yeah. was looking at that as well, actually. Well, Okay. Well, Peter takes this, you know, actually even before, um, I don't know, where were you thinking? Were we going to go to the Gospels next? We could go to the Gospels. I mean, it says it here too. It's Okay. Yeah. You want to read the verse you were thinking of? Were you thinking yeah, of? yeah. Okay, I'll just read it. First Peter 2, 5. You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay. Verse 9 is one that really gets into it, too. Yeah, okay. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Yeah. That's really good. Mm. So that one, we're a royal race. Yeah. When we're saved, we become royalty. Royalty. We enter into that bloodline, right? Wow. So really, you know, the investment of the cross was Jesus gets royalties in... Uh, sorry, that was a what? bad joke. Oh, was that a joke? It was, it was kind of a joke, but wow. but it's true. Like, through his... <laughs> but we talked about this with the sons, kind of. Yeah. It's like, when he falls as the grain of wheat, yeah. more wheats are produced. And so, in a sense, mm-hmm. the king falls yeah. into the ground and dies, and then more kings yeah. are produced. So we're the royal mm. race. Yeah, I mean, and this thought is throughout the... New Testament. If you get your kingdom glasses on, you start looking for this. It's like, I mean, what was John the Baptist preaching? The forerunner of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did he preach? What was his big proclamation? The, the king. Remember? Yeah, the kingdom of God is drawn near. Yeah. No. Does he say drawn near? Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of, go- right. of yeah, God that's is right. drawn near. And then what does Jesus preach? What's the first thing he says? The, the kingdom of God is among you? Yeah, I mean, he exactly, same yeah. thought. Yeah, repent. Maybe, I mean, we can look at the verses. Do you guys know where the verses are? It's mainly in John, right? Yeah, I bet it's in John. I'm looking at Matthew. It's Let's go probably Matthew. throughout. I mean, Let's do Matthew. <laughs> Matthew's the good, like, yeah. kingdom. If anyone, if you're interested in the kingdom, Matthew's like yeah. the kingdom gospel. Yeah, I think it's cool, too, because in the, I mean, we can even see that through the lineage at the beginning. It mm. ties him back to David. That's right, yeah. Instead of Adam. Yeah, it doesn't go all the way back to Adam. Yeah. So Matthew 3, 2 says, this is John. He says, repent, for the kingdom of the heavens has drawn near. Mm. And so this this is John's gospel, right? Yeah. And then the Lord and Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time Jesus began to proclaim and to say, repent, for the kingdom of the heavens has drawn near. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And what is the... Lord, after he dies and resurrects, what does he then talk to his disciples about? Yeah, it's in Acts 2, right? Yeah. Acts 1? In Acts, yeah. 
Yeah, he talks about the kingdom. He talks right? about the kingdom. Well, I know some Christians have this thought that the kingdom is kind of a matter of the Jews, and then once the church came in, then the kingdom kind of just, it's f- like s- suspended or it's like they put it on pause, yeah. and then he goes to the Gentiles, and then the kingdom will come back to the Jews in the millennium, in, in the end of when the Lord comes back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm with you on the whole kingdom in the end, and we're not against that, but... To say the kingdom was suspended and there's no more of that for Christians is a ridiculous statement. Read Acts 1.3. It says, so this is Jesus resurrected. It says, to whom also he presented himself alive after his sufferings by many irrefutable proofs, appearing to them through a period of 40 days and speaking the things concerning the kingdom of God. So this is what he's even telling them afterwards. It's so important to them, to to him. It's like what's on his heart. And then yeah, yeah. Well, no, I was I was just thinking like you know actually in the in the whole New Testament, and this doesn't necessarily mean that it's talking about the kingdom of God, but in the whole New Testament, there's kingdom is used 162 times. Whoa. And that's you know I'm sure part most of that would come from the Gospels, but then after that. It's yeah. used too. It's not. It's not a term that disappears. That's right. Yeah. Right. And even in like, uh, you know, even th- this was the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's what they were preaching. Yeah. When Paul would go from place to place, when uh, I mean, even the other, you know, Silas, when they would go from place to place, they're proclaiming the kingdom of God. Even Philip is, isn't he? Yeah, they're all proclaiming the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. I remember Paul's like last message. He talks about it, right? That Acts twenty eight twenty three, the last chapter of Acts. He's, you know, he's in his lodging. He's about to die, or he's about to go to Rome, right? I forget. Maybe he's imprisoned in Rome right now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think context. so. Because he, he had just appealed to Caesar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's in Rome. And once they had appointed a day for him, many came to him, to Paul, at his lodging, to whom he expounded these matters, solemnly testifying of the kingdom of God. And that's verse 23. Yeah. So even Paul, he's preaching, talking about the kingdom of God to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for sure, this is a theme that runs throughout the New Testament. Yeah, and you know, and one of the things that I was super excited about this topic is it was something you were saying earlier, but I think we're, we're at this point now where we can talk about it, which yeah. is, it's not that the kingdom came, because Jesus even says in Matthew 12, like, the kingdom is among you. Yeah. Right? It's like, it, he, there's, some, there's some correlation between the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is saying, like, it's here. Yeah, The kingdom is here and now because I am here. I've brought the kingdom to you. You know, even Jesus' prayer, mm. your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, And so, like, yes. Jesus is revealing something to us that, like, God's will is to bring the kingdom to the earth, just yes. like it was in Genesis. Amen. Which was, that's the, you know, th- this is the commission that God gives to man. Okay, so... One of the, the point that I'm trying to make is it's not that the kingdom is disappearing, you know, after Jesus dies and resurrects and ascends into heaven. It's not that it disappears until the millennial kingdom, mm-hmm. until he returns, and then he's like establishing his kingdom. He's actually doing it today. Mm. But the difference is it's in a hidden way. Yeah. It's in a hidden way because the spirit is hidden in our hearts. And as Christians... Um, we, sh- we should have some experience where we know this in our hearts, that the kingdom, the spirit of God is there. And then we live our life by it. Yeah. 
that it's by these different experiences, these different convictions that we have that we're living in this kingdom. Yeah. Like just like, I mean, if you get down to the example, the baseline example we used earlier, which is like the grass kingdom, it's like the grass follows the grass law in a sense. It's like it grows mm-hmm. a certain way, a certain length, yeah. um, a certain place, mm-hmm. and that's what it does. That's mm-hmm. just what that's just the nature of it. And so in God's kingdom, it's the same way. But But one of the things I wanted to say is in Acts 17... Um, it was also something that they were preaching and they were getting in trouble for it. So in Acts 17, 7, and Jason has received them and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar saying there is another King Jesus. King Jesus. There's another King King Jesus. And so like they were not just saying, they didn't say there's another coming King Jesus. They didn't say like Jesus is going to come and then he's going to be the King. Right. They saw something and had experienced something that told them, like, we're following and in the kingdom today, mm-hmm. that there's yeah. another king besides Caesar. And it wasn't in a sense that they were rebelling, like, they weren't in rebellion against Rome. Mm-hmm. Like, they lived as citizens. Paul lived as a citizen. That's one of the things we're talking about in Romans. I mean, in Acts 28, he was appealing to Caesar as a citizen of Rome would do. But the fact is they saw that there was another king, Jesus, and they were obeying him and living in the kingdom presently. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't something futuristic. It's something that we enter into today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he's the king, but he needs the, the last part of kingdom, which is the dominion. Where is he reigning? Yeah, that's What's right. What's the place? Right. And today that is the church. The church is the kingdom of God. Yeah, where do we see that? Well, I think there's two spots. One's super explicit, but it doesn't say church, but you can still yeah, understand Yeah, let's do it. Where's it at? And that's Revelation 1.6. And John says very explicitly, talking about Jesus, what he's done, it says he has made us a kingdom. Wow. Priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the might forever and ever. Amen. So he has made us a kingdom. Yeah. But I think... A more practical verse for us and how this plays out is Romans 14, 17, which says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, which the context he's talking about, like people, do, should you eat meat or not eat meat? Um, should you do this or do that? It's yeah, like these outward right. laws, regulations. He's like, it's not about that. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so I like what you said. It's like the King Jesus today. When the King Jesus is in us, reigning in us, the Holy Spirit reigning in us, that it forms a righteous people. And by, the, by his peace and by his joy, we know what we should be doing. Right? In, in a kingdom comes decrees, comes laws, comes an order, comes something that like is under a king. Right? A kingdom comes with its laws and decrees, the law of the land. And today, the church as the kingdom of God is ruled and reigned by Christ enthroned within. Yeah. Wow. Christ enthroned within, making the decisions, calling the shots. Yeah. By, his, by the sense we have as Christians within of that life, that peace, that joy that tells us, okay, this is what I should be doing. Yeah. This is where the Lord wants me to go. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point, too, because I was, I was considering this, like, it's very important that we have all four Gospels, especially when thinking about the kingdom mm-hmm. and and tying into this biblical thought that we're looking at that it's not just merely to have dominion but it's to have dominion through the life of God mm-hmm. when we're talking about the tree of life and so 
Like, I don't know about you, like, you guys that are with me here, but then also the listeners. It's like when I read Matthew 5 through 7, I just get overwhelmed. There's no way I can do all those things, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. blesses the poor in spirit, you know. I mean, just like the time and time again, he's listing certain things that you're, like, it's, he raises the standard mm-hmm. of, of how, you know, it's like, it, you know, what is the things he says? If you... If you're angry with your brother, you've already committed murder, right? Yeah, if you lust towards a woman. Yeah, it's like you already committed adultery. It's like, whoa, you know, I'm like definitely guilty, you know? But the wonderful thing is we have John who Hmm. comes in from another perspective of God's life. You know, I I would like to look this up, but how many times John says life Mm -hmm. in there, how he he sees Jesus from this point of life. And so. It's not that we have one or the other, but it's that we have both. Yeah. It's like Jesus gives us all these fulfill like well, these these basically laws placed on us. Yeah. But when looking at it through these lenses of the kingdom, it's like we fulfill those laws through the life of God. Amen. And I think I think Paul makes that pretty explicit in Romans eight. Hmm. Oh no, so I won't get into that too much, but basically he's saying like he's freed from all these other things, from the his flesh, from uh, basically himself, and he's freed through the Spirit of God. Yeah. Through the life of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He In Hebrews, he talks about that. He um, right. He writes his laws on our hearts. hearts. Yes. He etches it in there. Wow. It's no longer an outward law we follow. It's the law ruling and reigning within us, the living law, Christ himself mm-hmm. as the living law. So I think I mean we've gone pretty long so far, but maybe we could like tie this into Revelation. I yeah, mean, let's do we gotta, it. We got to hit the other. Oh, side I of could the go on all day. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, I think there's we do need to talk about the Millennial Kingdom just briefly at least. Yeah, sure. We're, we'll have to do another podcast about that because that's yeah. like one of our favorite topics because we think everyone's confused <laughs> about it, ourselves included. Um, <laughs> but just be just confused together. We'll just be confused together, and that is Revelation twenty six. 20 verse 6. And this is when Christ, after he returns, the tribulation happens. It says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no authority. But they reign, they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And reign. They reign well, with him. Yeah. So the millennial kingdom is consists of these people who are reigning with Christ as his co-kings. They're not under him as servants, though they are, right? Right. But it's like they're reigning, they're kings with him, reigning over the earth. The kingdom finally does come to the earth in a manifested manifested way. Yeah, And we don't have time to get into it, like you said, but those who are living in the kingdom in a hidden way today, who are being ruled by the Spirit, are those who will be reigning with Christ in an outward way. Because right right now we're being trained on how to reign. Yeah. We're being trained on how to be reign in life, Romans five seventeen, reigning in life. Mm-hmm. We're reigning in life right now from within, and in the millennial kingdom, we'll be reigning in life from without. Yeah. In an outward way. Yeah, and like one you know, one of the cool things is about that is um well, okay, basically wouldn't wouldn't we both agree like this is the this is the real fulfillment of what God spoke in Exodus. Hmm. Right. I mean, like, like he's, he he has this vision for Israel that there'll be a holy, holy priesthood, yeah. kings, and it's like we that never really gets fulfilled. But at this point in time, it's like his it was fulfilled throughout all humanity. Yeah. Right. Okay. But one of the cool things I was thinking about about this millennial kingdom, I think most people would agree, like that's 
during the rapture at some point. Oh, no, no. Like maybe a third of the people would probably agree with that. Okay, well, okay. but Whether there is a rapture, I mean, that's we'll have to get into Yeah, some people don't even, yeah. okay, whatever. Most, well, I don't know, maybe a lot. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, you that's okay. Going. It's okay. That's a good, it's good. I was just, I'm thinking though, I think a lot of people would agree that this point in time though has something to do. Okay, so it's this verse in Matthew where two are grinding at the mill and one is taken, one is left. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what's the other one? Two are in, in the field? In, asleep in bed. Two are asleep and one is taken, one is left. Yeah, that's Luke. Maybe that it's Luke. Luke. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, either way, it's in the Gospels. But the cool thing is it's like, those that are taken means that, like, outwardly, they look the same as everyone else. Mm. They, yeah, they're they're right. grinding that's at the mill. Yeah. But inwardly, it's right, that's the hidden kingdom. Yeah. And so there's hope, like, you know, if you have a profession in whatever, you know, or if you're doing, it's not, it's not like you have to be a missionary. Be a missionary or a preacher or something like that. Now, not that you shouldn't do those things. We should yeah. follow the Lord. But, you know, if, if the Lord is leading you to do something that maybe not be so serving him in an outward way mm-hmm. inwardly we are we're in this kingdom and it's and there's hope for us in that way yeah that's good wow so we need to tie it in the book in because revelation 20 oh satan's still, still there yeah satan's <laughs> <Okay>. still there <laughs> yeah. he's just bound sorry yeah. down below oh so yeah like, but after he's cast in actually even in eternity we have to show this is in god's heart for eternity yeah look at let's look at it so revelation 22 three through five actually brings out the point perfectly that we serve him and we're reigning with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could each read a verse since there's three of them. I'll start. It says, and there will no longer be a curse and the throne of God and of the lamb will be in it in the new Jerusalem and his slaves, us will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more, and they have no need of the lamp, of a light of a lamp, and of the light of the sun, for the Lord God will shine upon them, and they will reign forever and ever. And they, they will, will reign. reign. They. But they serve him. But they will reign. Yeah, that's good. Wow. So even in, in eternity, God gets this kingdom that's deep in his heart. Yeah. To have a people that are under him, serving, but also are reigning with him. It's it, it's his way of expressing his rulership, his dominion. He wants to share it with his creatures in this perfect kingdom where everything's in peace and order and God reigns. Wow. So, yeah, but this was a little bit longer than usual. That's okay. I I enjoyed it. This was a good one. Yes. Okay. Well, Well, we've only got one more, but we haven't... We haven't... What's the big reveal going to be? I don't know. You're usually the one. I'm the one to reveal it. Okay. Drum roll. Drum roll, Nathaniel. Oh, I'm drawing a blank again. You don't know. No, I'm drawing a blank. Hang on, let's try it again. It's expression. 